Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump. Desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified that Trump cannot run again because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. Which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Hey, podcast listeners, love having you part of this program. Wendy Bell Radio is how you get and download the Wendy Bell Radio podcast. Two million of you already have, and we're excited to have you be part of our family. So thank you so much for being a part of what we do here. Look, I will never say to you that Democrats are stupid. They're not. They are smart, they are focused, they are calculated. They plan years in advance. They're devious. I believe, cunning, and all of it makes me feel like I need to take a bath. But they know what they're doing, and what they're doing is purposeful. It's not for the betterment of these United States. Democrats are not interested in progress here in the United States, at least the ones that we have in charge right now. They want to get Donald Trump. They want to destroy Donald Trump. They fear his reelection because they know It is imminent. And if they can't beat him in the marketplace of ideas because their ideas suck and they can't fiddle with our elections because too many people are aware and paying attention. What do you do? Well, you create this charade of bipartisan legislation. We're going to pass this big measure. It's going to do nothing for the border. Everybody's going to get their pants on fire about it. Ah, pitchforks and, and torches. Ah, we're going to shut it down. Oh, Mitch McConnell, what a hero. It's just not a good bill, he said. Which was all staged. It was theatrics. Because what did they do? Oh, they took out the portion, the 20 billion that sort of would have sort of kind of done a little bit at our southern border. They took that out and instead decided to push through 96 billion dollars of our money to go to every other place except here. And we have 22 Senate uh, Republicans who went along with it. So I want to talk about what J.D. Vance has uncovered in this in this bill. And he calls it an anti-Trump kill switch. We're going to hear audio from him with Tucker Carlson because it's fascinating to me. The news consumers, people who just want facts, are turning away from the mainstream news. And they're going in droves to other voices. And that's fascinating. 
So here's your headline. J.D. Vance uncovers anti-Trump kill switch hidden in this funding bill trending politicsnews.com. Ohio's newest senator, J.D. Vance, has uncovered what he claims to be is a plot by top Senate Republicans to essentially kneecap former President Donald Trump from negotiating an end to the war between Russia and Ukraine. Why would you want to prevent a war's conclusion? Because you're making money off of it. In a statement posted by Republican strategist Andrew Sarabin, Sarabian, excuse me, Senator Vance reveals how Democrats' $100 billion security supplemental bill establishes this multi-year commitment to provide continued funding to Ukraine, a component he called a kill switch, included specifically to block President Trump's America First brand on the world stage. Quote, buried in the bill's text is a kill switch for the next Trump presidency. The legislation explicitly requires funding for Ukraine well into the next presidential term. What? So let's hear from J.D. Fans himself. And let's hear from Tucker Carlson, who in a matter of less than a year has carved out his path as Americans' most trusted news source, or at least most watched. J.D. Vance is going to sit down with Tucker Carlson last night and he's going to tell you where this money goes. And 22 Senate Republicans after this interview, despite all of these facts coming out and being broadcast, decided to vote for this crap anyway. Audio soundbite number one. I want to say just just a couple of things here, Tucker, that are extremely important to know about this legislation. Number one is that it sends $61 billion to Ukraine to fund, as you said, a hopeless war in Eastern Europe that will decimate the Ukrainian population even more than it's already been decimated. So it's a terrible, terrible piece of legislation on the policy. The second thing I want to say, Tucker, though, is that it doesn't just fund Ukraine in 2024. And this is the most important point. It actually funds Ukraine in 25 and 26. Now, what's the problem with that? Say, for example, that we have a new president in 2025. That president would be handcuffed by the promises that we are making in law to Ukraine today. Bing, bang, 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 bang. So what did Donald Trump say a couple months ago while he was campaigning? It was probably a CNN town hall of suck. And he said, I could end this war between Ukraine and Russia in 24 hours. And people laughed. (laughs) You know why he could end the war in 24 hours? Pretty sure because he and Putin think along the same lines. Have communicated about this. And Trump is keenly aware of the fact that this is a never ending military war effort again, which is a huge moneymaker. It's a money laundering operation. He says, I'd put it, I'd close it. We would negotiate a deal. That would be that. And we would move on. Except this bill, which 22 Senate Republicans just voted in lockstep with Democrats to pass and send to the House, which hopefully will shoot it down. They think it's A-OK to hamstring Donald Trump in his presumptive second term. Audio soundbite number two, J.D. Vance continues. Remember back in 2019 when the House impeached Donald Trump 
because of that phone call with Zelensky. Well, there was very specific verbiage that they used in that impeachment. And lo and behold, it's so weird how this works, right? That same verbiage is tucked into this new bill that the Senate just approved. Go. If you go back to to 2019, Tucker, to try to give you a sense of why this matters. In 2019, the U.S. House impeached then-President Donald Trump on the theory that they had appropriated money to Ukraine and Donald Trump refused to send it to Ukraine. So if Trump is elected president again and become president on January of 2025, he will conduct diplomacy. And if that diplomacy does not include sending additional billions to Ukraine, there is a theoretical argument, a predicate, if you will, for impeaching Donald Trump because they have tried to tie his hands. Tie his hands. And they're not even trying to hide it. J.D. Vance exposes this as he blows the lid off of it, respectable people. This program, the Wendy Bell Radio program included, pick it up and cover it so you are aware. Even the Washington Post is saying it is a way to tie Donald Trump's hands. Listen. The Washington Post has already has already said, based on leaks from inside the intel community, the purpose of this legislation is to tie a future President Trump's hands. We're not just sending billions to Ukraine in 2024. We're trying to make it impossible for the next president to conduct diplomacy on his terms. It's anti-democratic, and it will lead to endless war in the, all over the world. So any of these people who try to tell you, oh, think about all of the people who've been killed. Think about the women and the children. Think about all of this. It's all of Putin's fault. How could he? Oh my gosh, the atrocities. You must be a Putin puppet. What if the war just stopped? What if the fighting just stopped? Wouldn't you be for that? Wouldn't you be pro that? Wouldn't you get behind that? No more wars? Absolutely. Then why do all of the Democrats want them to continue forever? And why do 22 Republicans agree with them? And finally, audio soundbite number four. This brings up a disgusting idea. Is this war some kind of ethnic cleansing event in Europe? Because you've hosed down a whole generation of young Ukrainian men. Listen. Everyone knows that this war will lead to the destruction of Ukraine. I've had conversations with Democratic colleagues where they get this sort of dark look in their eyes and they say effectively that they want to fight Russia to the last Ukrainian drop of blood. I I, I think if you really ask these guys, they recognize that this is not in the best interest of Ukraine. Uh, This is fundamentally in the interests of military contractors and people who think that America's most pressing challenge is to defeat the Russians. Of course, that's not a preoccupation that I share. I don't think Russia should have invaded Tucker, but I also think that we got to be much more focused on more pressing problems like the demographic collapse of the United States, like the open borders and like what's going on in East Asia. So it's a massive campaign, Tucker, to distract people from the real problems in the world and the real problems that exist in this country. So what are you for? Are you for war and death and destruction and more funding that never stops with no receipts and no accountability the way it's always been done? Or are you for peace? Because if you're for peace, your Republican senators aren't. Speaking of them, Rand Paul with a truth bomb 
on the Senate floor before the vote. We've got it, and it is perfect. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. I want to go over the list one more time so you remember and you identify who of these senators, which of these senators is in your area. These are the people who have given for the umpteenth time another victory to Democrats who suck, who don't care about our safety and our security and about our children, who lie to us every single day. Who are the Senate Republicans who voted alongside this measure, which hopefully gets sunk in the House? Boozman, Capito, Cassidy, Collins, Cornyn, Kramer, Crapo, Ernst, Grassley, Hoven, Kennedy, McConnell, Moran, Murkowski, Rish, Romney, Round, Sullivan, Thune, Tillis, Wicker, and Young. I'm tired of Republicans in name freaking only. You're not listening to us. We don't have the money to spend. Rand Paul says it beautifully on the floor of the Senate yesterday before the vote. Listen. Often the titles of bills before the legislature don't really represent what the bill stands for. The title of this bill should say, Ukraine first, America last, because that's what this is really about. Now, bills in the legislature, bills that come before the Senate, don't have pictures or covers on them like a book would have or a magazine. But if this bill had an image or a cover on the front of the bill, the image would be the migrant in New York who assaulted a police officer, was freed from jail on no bail, and gave the middle finger of both hands to America. That's what this bill is. It's the middle finger to America. This bill is the middle finger to every working man and woman in America, every struggling American family, This bill gives them the middle finger and says, we don't care about you. We care more about Ukraine than we care about our southern border. Bingo. What does Donald Trump say about all this? If you care, I care. Why don't we give him a loan? This is the same guy who thinks countries involved in in NATO, countries involved in the United Nations, should be paying more of their fair share. Like Joe Biden when he finger wags us and says, pay your fair share, even though his kid doesn't. And he's been able to enrich himself and his crime family to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. Don't take my word for it. Look at the documents if we want to, you know, live in realville. Why not give him a loan? We're going to give you this money, but we expect payment back. We expect the money to be received back because we are not the piggy bank of the freaking world. We're bankrupt and have been for a really freaking long time. Now, it gives me some pause here. Thankfully, we've got Speaker Johnson over on the House. And he says, you know what? This deal is dead. It's dead, he says. If there's no border funding. Well, there is no border funding in this bill. Because this bill bounces us back, if it had border funding, would bounce us back to the one that was disastrous from the beginning. This is what he's saying. As the Senate has moved now to advance a foreign aid bill to send funding to Israel, Taiwan and Ukraine, House Speaker Mike Johnson has fired a warning shot 
to the upper chamber, suggesting that any foreign aid must also address the situation at the southern border. What is so hard about individually? You know, we've got a, we've got a border issue. It's a serious issue. It's an issue caused by Democrats. It's an issue caused by Joe Biden, who pretends that he doesn't have, with one stroke of one pen, the ability to shut down the border. He's going to blame it on Republicans in Congress. Well, if only Congress would get moving. Well, the Congress has put together several propositions. They are not tied to funding Israel. They are not fu- tied to funding Ukraine. They are not tied to funding any other country. Taiwan. Why can't we just do that one thing? Because that's efficient governance. And they need things to be woefully inefficient, to be outrageously over budget. And for when we say, where did all of that money go? For them to say at the 11th hour, I don't, I have no idea. I've, I'm sure it went somewhere where, where I was supposed to go. Did you know that a huge chunk of this money that's going towards funding Ukraine is to simply replenish our stockpiles of military equipment that we've given to Ukraine? Here you go. There you go. Thanks. And did you know that moments after the Senate passed this measure of suck, who was out there tweeting about it? Boop, 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 boop. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, it was President Zelensky from Ukraine. Thank you so much. We want to be in a never-ending war forever. Maybe I can buy another $5 million castle in Egypt for my mother-in-law. What are we doing, folks? You know what we're doing. It's so obvious. They want you to pretend like you don't see it. All right, so coming up, when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, as Democrats and rhinos further bankrupt America. Thank goodness we've got Corrine Jean-Pierre to come in and set the record straight. Look, everybody's talking about Joe Biden's clear cognitive decline. Can she spin her way out of these probing reporters' questions? I got the answer next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. So I think it's important to listen to the administration. Got to listen to your government. Hear what the priorities are. See if you believe what you're being told. Because I don't. We've been lied to for so long. You know, and it's interesting because later on in the program, we're going to look at this NBC poll. And I'm not so sure that they they got the results they were expecting. Because it requires kind of almost some nostalgia. When you, when you look back and you, you look at where you are now, how do you feel? How are your finances? How's your safety? How are your children doing? What does the world feel like to you? Oh, we're involved in multiple foreign wars all over the planet and we didn't have that before? There's this review of Donald Trump's presidency, which is damning for rhinos and for Democrats, which seem to be ubiquitous. Those people are one and the same now. How does Corrine Jean-Pierre, is it possible for this woman to spin her way out of the, the conundrum of Joe Biden's clear mental decline? It's not even a question. Anybody who wants to bury their head in the sand, that's fine. But come on. 
Almost 90 percent, nine in 10 Americans polled are worried about his cognition. They are worried about his age moving forward as well. They should. This guy has not been in charge from the very beginning. And we didn't need Vladimir Putin sitting down with Tucker Carlson to tell us that. And to review, he said, my issue is not with your government. It's with the people behind your government. Because you can put in a different person and they're still being controlled by a puppeteer. Until Donald Trump came along. They hate that. And they hate you for allowing that to happen. So here's this question of Corrine Jean-Pierre. And this is a great, I mean, a great awakening from the media. They're now kind of... Maybe I should sort of start telling the truth. Hey, Corrine, you know, you tell us that this guy, Joe Biden, who Chris Coons tells us is this seasoned and energetic, vigorous man. We don't really see that. Like, be real. Are you telling us the truth or are you blowing sunshine up our skirt? Question and answer. Go. Wondering is... Is he behaving differently behind closed doors? Because we don't get to see that at all. And are you? do you see, and when you interact with him privately, is there kind of a different sort of level of vigor that is perhaps <laughs> not as visible when we're all seeing him? Publicly? So like, let me just first say, and I was on the swing with him recently, right? He went to Wisconsin, oh. he went to Michigan, he went to California, he went to mm. Vegas, uh, and he's gonna go to Ohio later this week. And so he visited small businesses and he met with uh, people uh, on the road, obviously, and spent hours with them. So folks have seen him and you all have seen him yourselves as you cover this president. Uh, And so you see him interact, you see him engage. And even when he was in Vegas, he took some questions that you all had uh, and that, you know, and and answer. He tends to answer them in, in in a light way, a funny way. He even took some questions. You all have seen him. You've watched him. Yeah, newsflash, Kareen. This just in, breaking news. That's why we're asking the question, you dope. He looks like he's completely out to lunch. He says things that are weird. He shakes hands with nobody. He looks up at the rafters and says, don't jump. He's got the same lines. He doesn't remember when he was vice president. He was described as being painfully slow to listen to by Robert Hur, the special prosecutor. But of course, that was just political gamesmanship. That's a Republican prosecutor taking mean, mean swipes to Joe Biden. Corrine, the question was this. Are you actually seeing the vigor that you're telling us exists? Because we haven't seen it. She doesn't say yes or no. He's traveled a lot. Only somebody with vigor could travel a lot. <laughs> okay. And then she continues. Here's the, here's the shovel. Here's the shovel. And she's like, no, no, I got this. Seriously, I got this. Here's a question. Why aren't we hearing from, I don't know, whoever the doctor is who handles Joe Biden? It used to be Ronnie Jackson for years and years, the congressman from Texas, right? He was Trump's. He was Bush's. And, and he would regularly take questions from the media. Why don't we ever get this kind of give and go with whomever Joe Biden's physician is? Are we going to have that level of transparency, Corrine? Go. When can we talk to the president's doctor and how come he hasn't been, they haven't been asked to come out here and talk with us given the, the her report that challenges the president's mental fitness? So look, uh, <laughs> you know, just to speak to uh, the her report really, really quickly. Uh, special counsel of her is, is, as far as I remember, is a is a uh, obviously a, re- a Republican, a a, oh. a, uh, 
a prosecutor. He's not a, he's not a medical doctor. He's just not. It's not for him to speak to. It's just not. That wasn't the question, Corrine. The question wasn't even about Robert Herr. When do we get to talk to the president's physician? She doesn't have an answer because the president's physician would have to come forward and lie like Anthony Fauci did for a year. Right? Uh, Look, this is a Republican prosecutor. He's not a medical doctor. Well, thank God that wasn't my question. You suck. Audio soundbite. How's she doing so far? She's doing well. She's doing well. Audio soundbite number three. You know what? We were all, our boxers were in a bunch during Donald Trump. He's crazy. That guy's a lunatic. What a weirdo. Make him take a test. Prove that he's with it. What about Joe Biden? How about a cognitive test for him? Kareen, enjoy the answer. What do you think about the idea of taking that kind of a test? I mean, look, uh, and I talked about this last week, too, on, on I believe, whenever, on Friday. Uh, I have known this president since 2009. Uh, I, he is not just uh, my, my boss, but, you know, he's also some, a mentor to me. And I spent sometimes countless hours with him, whether it's in the Oval Office, uh, whether it's on the road. And I believe for me, you're asking me my personal opinion, uh, he is sharp. Uh, he is on top of things. He, when we have uh, meetings with him, with his staff, he's constantly pushing us, getting, trying to get more information. <laughs> and so that has been my experience with this president. Uh, anything else outside of that, uh, I just shared with you what Dr. O'Connor said to me. Uh, and so I'll just leave it there. Again, the question was, how about a cognitive test? See, when there's like suspicion, when there are are rumors let's just go back in time to the the first impeachment right or was it the second i have they just kind of blur together it's it's hard to keep them straight the allegation which is the predicate of this kill switch in the senate bill of suck that that donald trump was withholding aid to ukraine until the new president vladimir Zelensky helped him dig up dirt on Joe Biden. Hey, look, I know you're corrupt over there. I mean, we're more corrupt, but you're corrupt as nuts. Do me a favor. I need some dirt on my presumptive opponent, Joe Biden. Really? Is that what he said? Or is what he said was, look, we've got aid to give to you, but we don't want to just give you indiscriminate aid when we know you guys are corrupt as nuts. We got to have at least some basis of you not sucking before we give you more money. Oh, it was a quid pro quo. Kind of like Joe Biden's when he was in Ukraine and he had his leg crossed and he had the microphone like he was a nightclub performer. And he's like, and I said, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bee. They got me the money or they they prosecute. They dumped the prosecutor and we released the, the that is textbook quid pro Joe. Donald Trump said, look at the transcript. Look at everything I said. I didn't say anything. Look at it. That is the best way. Let's shine some light on this, right? What does Corrine Jean-Pierre do? Hey, Corrine, is he going to take a cognitive, cognitive test? Well, let me tell you about my personal experiences with uh, Joe Biden because uh, he's my mentor. And um, I, my job is completely around making him look better, even though he sucks. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to lie to you and I'm not going to answer your questions. 
Everybody hear it? Of course you do. How about this one? Hey, Kareen, polls out there are not good for your mentor. Uh, it sounds like the majority of Americans, Democrats included, don't think he's with it and really don't want him to run for re-election. What do you say about that? What's your take on that? Go. ABC News Ipsos poll shows that 86% of Americans think Biden is too old to serve another term. That is a higher percentage than what we found in a previous poll in September. So clearly polling shows this is a persistent issue. What is the White House strategy to try and change that perception? So look, we're going to continue to lead on leadership, right? We're going to continue to focus on what this president has been able to get done, what, uh, what the president has been able to get done uh, on behalf of the, of the American people. Uh, and look, I'll quote a little bit of uh, what the First Lady said. Why? Uh, I think incredibly well, just a couple days ago. Uh, President Biden does more in one hour than most people do in a day. His age with experience and expertise is an incredible asset, and he proves it every day. Look, uh, Corrine, look, I, I have to just say something. He's not a medical doctor, or she isn't, I should say, any more than Robert Hur is. Stop trying to quote people who are highly irrelevant and wholly corrupt. Look, I'm just going to tell you this. We're going to lead by leadership. <laughs> what is that? Does she go back? Does she go back and John Kirby's behind the curtain? He's like, good job. And they like high five each other. She's like, I know. I threw him off with that one. <laughs> right? Lead by leadership. <laughs> it's like, wow. And we're $34 trillion in debt. Like, I, how does that happen? <laughs> so she brought up Jill Biden. Dr. Jill. You know, only a turd demands that you call them by their title. Most people who are talented, who've earned titles, aren't really horny about you demanding and that you call them by that. Dr. Jill, though, she's a Ph.D. in education. Great. Stop it. She's going to come forward and pretend Joe Biden is like the army. We do more by 9 a.m. than most people do all week. <laughs> And we take more vacations than all of them combined. Yes, we do. I, wa I want you to hear Jill Biden's defense. This is like calling your mom and being like, boop, 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 boop. Hi, mom. Uh, yeah, everything's fine. I just need you to make a statement about how great I am. You will? Thanks, mom. That's what it is. I'm going to talk to your wife. Your wife is going to come forward and explain that you are all that and a bag of donuts <laughs> okay it's too much fun got it for you on deck next on the wendy bell radio program <laughs> i want to know what you're feeling tell me what's on your mind well what's on my mind today my my friends, is that Jill Biden probably ought not be speaking for Joe Biden because it certainly is not giving us some warm and 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 cozy feeling inside. Oh, Jill says that it's it's all just fine. Then we should have listened to Giselle Fetterman. Right. When John Fetterman was having so many issues. Ah, he's fine. Nothing wrong. Really? Why does he have a pacemaker or a defibrillator? Whatever the hell he had. Why is he having all these issues? Ah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. OK. You guys remember when Dasha Burns from NBC News sat down and she scored she scored the big interview, the first post Senate win post stroke interview with 
with John Fetterman. He'd been at Walter Reed. He'd suffered from crippling depression. And I mean, as do so many other people out there. And he was receiving medical attention. And all of us were just incredulous. Really? Pennsylvania elected a guy with legit brain damage who needs to be hospitalized because of clinical depression. I'm thinking the dude needs to be on disability and get assistance more than he needs to be an alleged senator doing whatever he's doing. Dasha Burns made the, the, the comment in her story, I found him, John Fetterman, his ability to do small talk, the nuance of just chit-chat, he had all the monitors in front of him. He wasn't processing the words. And she had merely acknowledged it was strained. It was complicated. And then even Giselle Fetterman and all the people on the left came out with their pants on fire. Oh, what an ableist. You only like able people. You're discriminatory against people who have strokes. No, I was just saying that he kind of had a hard time talking Everybody crazy about that, which kind of piqued our interest. Well, she was teeing up Jill Biden, ABC News. Jill Biden, in a message to supporters, calls out special counsel's mention of Bo Biden's death. So Jill's going to come to the rescue here. We're not going to talk about Joe. We're not going to talk about his mental ability, even though she did say that he does more by 9 a.m. than anybody does all week. She's going to channel what is the backbone of the Biden political identity. Tragedy. When you lose, when you can't play the racism card, because it's not a part of your deck, but you know you're going down with the ship. One of the last back pocket draws to flap down on the table. Sympathy. Feel sympathy for me. If you feel badly enough for what I've gone through, you won't see all of the dirty crap I'm doing in front of your eyes. Here's your story. First Lady Jill Biden Saturday offered her first public defense of President Joe Biden's age and mental acuity since special counsel Robert Hur detailed what Hur said were notable lapses in the president's memory, spurring more scrutiny of his age and stamina. In a fundraising appeal to supporters, Jill Biden slammed her report released on Thursday as, quote, inaccurate. How do you know, Jill, as inaccurate in personal political attacks? I'm making an observation, right? I observe there are painful moments when the president can't speak. He doesn't know things. He's confused, doesn't remember dates, doesn't remember a lot of stuff. Kind of like Eugene Carroll. Can't remember anything except he did it, right? Ah, it's a political attack. Inaccurate and personal political attacks. Now, she went on, though, and she fired back over the weekend. And she channeled, she, her found it odd that Joe Biden could not recall when Bo died. Which, as a mom who's, thank God, not gone through it, I couldn't comment on. I know that I would, I would know. I would never forget. It would be burned into my soul. Jill Biden fired back. Believe me, like anyone who has lost a child, Bo and his death never leave him, Joe. 
She wrote in the in a donor email, I hope you can imagine how it felt to read that attack. Not just as Joe's wife, but as Bo's mother. By the way, this is an appeal for fundraising. Using this report as an appeal for fundraising. This is what we're up against. Them telling the truth about us that's not allowed. Like Joe Biden has, Jill Biden has invoked potential partisanship. Joe Biden called her a Republican counsel, alluding to his background as a U.S. attorney in the Trump administration. Spokesperson for her previously declined to comment to ABC News on the president reacting to the report. We should give everyone grace, Jill said. And I can't imagine someone would try to use our son's death to score political points, she wrote in the email. If you've experienced a loss like that, you know that you don't measure it in years. You measure it in grief. You know, Jill, the Biden family has had its fair share of lousy events happen to it. You are not alone. You are, however, the greatest pimpers of sympathy around in your tragedy. Robert Hur wasn't talking about Bo's death as a political point. He found it particularly odd and perhaps even concerning that the president of the United States, when sitting down for five hours to talk about classified documents, he knowingly, willfully stole and against the law, kept for decades in highly insecure environments, putting our national security and our undercover operatives at, at risk. He was commenting that he thought it was particularly odd that Joe Biden could not remember the year Bo died. Leave it to a Biden to turn that into a fundraising appeal. Feel sorry for us. All we are is attacked. I'd feel much better if you gave us $100. Woof. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program is on tap, ladies and gentlemen. It kind of feels like there's this weird mutiny brewing among Democrats in Illinois. What? Why? Oh, boy. I got it for you on the Wendy Bell Radio program. 